You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Hey guys, it's Danica. So we had so much to talk about with Samantha Mack that we had to break it into two different parts. So go listen to part one and then get back here and listen to the second part. So you did labiaplasty, correct? Yeah, sure did. So your inner labia was trimmed, right? No. So I had, so most people get their inner labia trimmed. That's what labiaplasty was originally designed for was getting rid of the beef curtains, right? Right. Um, my inner labia is tiny and tight. My outer pussy was old and wrinkly and scarred. And, you know, it looked like one of those, like, you know, like 50 year old sharks that's from around the ocean. You can tell it's seen some things. Um, and I was just like, I need this fix. I want the skin tightened. And I was getting laser done. I was getting all kinds of skin resurfacing treatments done. Um, and then I, this doctor was like, well, we could do labiaplasty. And I'm like, I don't want my lips cut off. And he's like, mm-hmm. no, no, we can cut the outside lips, pull them in nice and tight and give you that tight bun look. And I was like, oh, yes, that's what I want. Oh, great. Um, so they cut, so they basically cut uh, a wishbone shape over your clit. So like if you put a wishbone over top of your clit and let it hang down, that's the shape they cut out. And they cut off three inches on either side. Oh, wow. And wow. they pulled that skin together and they sewed it into... Uh, my inner labia. So now I've got like a perfect bun pussy. And then when you open it, I've got, my labia is like some perfectly symmetrical on the inside. Um, there's a bazillion internal stitches. There's a whole lot of external stitches. It's been almost a month and like, I still can't ride a motorcycle. I couldn't go on a, I couldn't go on an exercise bike yet. Um, I wasn't really driving until like a week after surgery. Like I got like a really cushy like seat for my truck so I could like sit. It was, it's unpleasant. It's a very unpleasant surgery. It, it, when the painkillers wear off, wow, it is shocking. Um, and then sometimes the stitches push themselves to the surface of your skin. They don't necessarily dissolve. Sometimes your body rejects them. And I have one stitch that's rejecting right now, right above my clit. And the little hard part of the stitch is sticking out, but it's not sticking out enough that I can get it with a pair of tweezers but it's poking the head of my clit like crazy. And I went to the gym this morning. I was on the treadmill for like 30 seconds and and it was just like stabbing my clit the whole time. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't. So I like, I had to readjust my whole workout so my legs could be open. (laughs) I sit like a dude a lot of the time. Um, You iced your pussy for for weeks afterwards. Um, Yeah, it's, it's a big procedure because you're dealing with a lot of glands and, you know, things, that part of your body is sensitive. And then you cut it open. It's a lot. But uh, it's gorgeous. I cannot wait to put it back on camera. I'm like counting on the days so I can work again. Like I'm so, so, so excited. Um, everything was so swollen and so sore for so long. I used a dildo for the first time yesterday. I waited three weeks before I even like tried to get in there because everything is so tight. And it was a job. Like it took a lot of effort to like <laughs> get going again. But I was like, okay, clit still works. We're good. Like... But I wanted it so badly. I was willing to lose like all sensation. I was like, you know what? I've been faking orgasms for a long time. I can keep faking them. I want this to look good. That Mm -hmm. became more important to me. Mm -hmm. And then after surgery, I was like, oh, my clit still works. I was like, hallelujah, this is good. (laughs) Have you found a difference in the sensitivity uh, from before? I guess you haven't had like much of a run of it, but. Yeah. Like I can't actually fuck. Like I thought I very gently fucked the dildo. Um, it would have like what I what myself and that dildo did the other night would have been severely disappointing for any man to experience. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, it was very slow and very cautious, um, but I'm still so sensitive because like whenever you have a surgical scar, like the scar itself is sensitive for quite some time, and you'll always catch people like rubbing their scars or like trying to like sort all those nerve endings out again. So right now I've got like a lot of nerve endings doing a lot of things. Um, and I'm often like, I'll often like go down, like rub my nail, my fingernails, like up and down across, across my, my click. Cause I'm like, I'm like, there's just a lot of nerves happening and it's not painful, but it's not comfortable. I don't know what to do. And I'm just like, let's just massage it. And I catch myself just like rubbing it. Like, it's okay, baby. You're going to be fine. You got this. <laughs> and so I have to make sure I'm like, you know, not in public when I do that, but it is, um, it's sensitive. It's very like, I could not get on a, a bicycle right now. Like that would be way too much. That would be mind-blowing in a bad way but I hope 
that everything still works when I can finally get on a cock again. <laughs> I can't spread it yet. Like because the stitches aren't fully out, mm-hmm. like if I try to like spread it, like it, it pulls and it hurts. So I'm really worried that the first guy I fuck is going to try to like spread my pussy like a good old fashioned porn pussy that's got bat wings that can go everywhere. <laughs> and I'm going to just like cry because my, my like closed and then like open, like there's like that much room. Whereas before it was like, and we're going to spread you for the camera. We're like, okay, how far do you want me to spread? <laughs> like, yeah. we'll just keep pulling me. <laughs> but now it's like, okay, and we're spread and we're closed. <laughs> like it's a very small, very small window of opportunity there. So I put out a, a tweet being like, okay, tag, like which male performer you think I should work with. And I just pray to God that he's like under seven inches. Cause like, <sighs> this is like having your virginity again. Like my pussy is so tight. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure how long it's going to take me before I can like warm up to actually doing my job again. Yeah. But it'll be fun to try though. <laughs> be a learning experience. Such fun to look forward to. <laughs> um, okay. So I know a lot of, people are worried about their labia. Like that's a real concern for a lot of women. They, there's a lot of discussion that porn vaginas aren't real vaginas and that women get a lot of work done and, and print, print porn is, you know, altered a lot. Um, have you experienced that in the sense where more so I'm just getting, I'm just trying, I'm feeding you into saying exactly what I want you to say that all labias are beautiful. So I would say print porn is definitely not edited enough because that is why I got it done Mm. because I saw the product that was being produced and I was like, Whoa, you didn't even try to airbrush that. Like, (laughs) and they don't, they turn and burn content so fast out here. Like what you look like is what you look like. So the pussy you see in porn is fucking real. Mm. Um, and that's why I had mine done was because like, I didn't like the look of what was out there. And I, I didn't like my own videos. Like I bent over a certain way and like the flips would hang and wrinkle. And I was like, this is not okay. Um, and I think like, I mean, not that it's not okay, but I was like, it's not okay for porn the same way. Like you don't, you want to give off a certain image. Like we get our boobs done, we get our lips done, we get the Botox, we get the fillers, we go to the gym, we work out, we pump our butts out you're trying to present this, this image. So when I spread my legs, I'm still presenting that image. And when that was the missing piece, I was like, okay, uh, well, they're not going to airbrush it and they're not trying to film it in a way that hides it. And my hands are over here and I can't pull and tuck and lift the way I normally would if I was filming myself. So my option is surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, now I did try like all the lasers first before surgery, hoping there was an easy way out. There was not, um, (laughs) But at the end of the day, like what you see in porn is real. Now, nobody ever looked at my vagina and was like, oh, I can't look at that. Like people were begging to drown in my pussy all hours of the day. <laughs> and even the people like I'm most intimate with were like, I don't even know why you did this. I never saw a problem. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like if it's so bad, show me a picture of how it was so bad. And I'm like, no, use your memory. And they're like, I, I don't know when I'm fucking – tongue fucking your hole my eyes are closed like I don't know um (laughs) and if you look at uh, our our porno lord and savior Christy Mack she has got some meat curtains I think she might have the most impressive meat curtains out of anyone I know and she probably has one of the best careers in porn nobody was saying oh I couldn't possibly eat that they were like please put it in my mouth as fast as possible um that woman had made but more bang for her buck in her time in porn than almost anyone I can think of. And she's got a, she has got a meaty vagina and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, dudes don't care. I think the first thing that ever shocked me is I fucked, uh, Ramon, Ramon Nomar and he like grabbed my pussy. Like, you know, like they got your nose. Like he like, <laughs> grabbed it and was like, Oh, I love a meaty pussy. And I was like, no, yeah! <laughs> you don't acknowledge it just lift and separate like what are you doing and he's like oh look at these lips he's like pulling on them and like who would treat me like that um but dudes love it they were like oh i love a pussy i can i can stick my teeth into or i I love a pussy that can like you know suffocate my nose and like hug me back and men and women do not care Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you got a long labia, a short labia, you got a huge clit, you got no clit, whatever. Can I put my face in it? Cool, let's do this. Yeah. Like, it's not an issue. And when you think about it, like, um, all my favorite men eat ass. So if you're willing to stick your tongue in my asshole, 
you're probably not too worried about what type of oyster my pussy looks like. <laughs> At the end of the day, you're just real happy to be down there. <laughs> it's a very valid statement. Uh, so labiaplasty is not the surgery you have the most experience with. Obviously, your breasts have been quite a journey from what I remember reading and they listening. Um, and you, you showed your first boob job on the Jeff O'Neill show? I did. Oh my God, you did your research. <laughs> I, I like to know things. <laughs> so can you explain like, because I know people are so scared of getting their boobs done. I've got mine done twice and people are like, what if they mess up? What if I have to go get them numerous times? But you know, you've done it. So, so my first boob job was, um, out of necessity. So I had an A cup and a D cup. My boobs were super uneven and I couldn't afford like a lift and a reduction. And the idea of a reduction was just terrifying to me. And so I just got two implants shoved in. So then I ended up with like a big boob and extra big boob. And so I was always putting, like I'd go buy bras with those like pads in them and the push-up pads. And I would take them both out and put them on the one side so that my boobs would even out. And so in a bra, I had amazing tits for a long time. And then, uh, I was like, I got to even these out. I can't, I can't have like a giant left boob and a small right boob. Like this isn't making me happy. You know, people want to see my tits and I take my bra off and it's like, ha ha. So I had like fat grafting done, which helped even them out. And then I had a second boob job where we took, um, we, they did a reduction and a lift and they took more out of the left than the right to try and even them out some more. Um, I still have the same size implants on both sides because I'm convinced that one day they're going to be perfectly even right now. They're so close. Like even I don't, I can't really tell a difference. Like we've really, really evened it out, um, through fat grafting and through the lift, but my boobs are now 12 years old. So they're on borrowed time. They need to be replaced approximately every 10 years. And I've been pushing it. We're 12 years old now, almost 13. So my next set of implants, we're going to, I've already talked to a doctor about it. Um, they're basically going to carve out my breast tissue because breast cancer runs in my family. It's not something I want. So if I have the opportunity to take my breast tissue out. I will. Um, but then we're going to like jack up the implants so that it looks big and full and, and basketball like, um, which isn't something they could necessarily do 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. So technology has really, really changed what we can do and how we can manipulate our tits. Um, my wife just had her right implant replaced this week, um, last Tuesday, because her tits were one was sitting slightly higher than the other. And it was a quick job. She went in, she bought a new implant. They replaced it and switched it on her. They gave her a quick little internal lift. And now her tits are perfectly symmetrical. And I was like, you know what? If it's something that's important to you that makes you happy, just do it. But make sure you talk to the doctors about what your concerns are and don't try to please them. Tell them what you what result you want and they'll tell you how to get there. And sometimes the result you want is crazy and they will tell you. Um Sometimes what we want to do with our bodies just isn't possible, but always trust the professional. Like I thought I knew what I wanted the first time and I ended up having to go get another boob job to fix it because I didn't listen to the doctor. I got two of the same size implants put in and I just had the same problem only bigger. Mm. So that was a waste of $7,500. Um, but doctors know what they're doing. However, doctors don't necessarily have good bedside manners. They don't necessarily talk to you in a way that doesn't hurt your feelings, especially when they're talking about changing your body. Um, the last doctor I talked to about these boobs, he was like, wow, those are some real saggy tits, huh? And I was like, whoa, (laughs) tell me what you really think, sir. (laughs) Um, so you have to like go in with a backbone, but make sure that your, your mission is clear. What is your goal? You know, do you want symmetry? Do you want bigger boobs? Do you want them to sit a certain way? Do you want your nipples pointing a certain way? Um, do you want fullness in a certain area? Because everybody's idea of bigger boobs is slightly different. Mm -hmm. So, if you want something done to your body, you got to talk to the professionals and talk to a bunch of them. I talked to 10 doctors before I picked mine mm-hmm. and, and really make sure that you're going in for what you want. And they, cause they're not going to talk you into something you don't want to do, but they do know what's best. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, it's a tricky game and talk to other girls. Like people will suggest their surgeons and then ask them why and ask lots of questions. I talk about all the surgeons I've had very thoroughly and tell people why we go to this doctor, or why I wouldn't go to this doctor. And it is, it's important to get as much information as possible before you cut yourself open. Mm-hmm. hundred percent. I completely agree. So yeah, you mentioned your wife 
And obviously, like, there was a dating process to get there, I assume. And uh, we've talked before on the podcast how dating as a sex worker in any avenue of sex work is fucking hard. And I've spoken to full-service sex workers about how hard it is to date a non-sex worker, and especially when you're having intercourse with people. And, you know, you're having intercourse with people on screen for other people to view. So I can only imagine how difficult it is to date when that's your profession. So do you mind just speaking to the listeners about that? So when I was with Shreds, it was easy because he was on camera with me. Mm -hmm. Um, After much debate, um, he was on camera with me. So it was, it was really easy. He was my biggest support. And like, we would go to trade shows together. And the problem that we ran into is that, instead of him being my boyfriend to support me at trade shows, he was like there to promote himself. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I need a trade show boyfriend who will carry my bags and, and get me coffee and support me and my business because he was off doing his own. Um, so there's, you know, there's problems there. Um, the guy I dated before that, James Wire, I mean, we were performing together and editing and filming and like we spent every day together creating. So it was easy to date because when the camera turned off, we got to have those nice moments together without any kind of judgment. Um, now, and my wife is in the industry too. Um, the only difference is she shoots a lot of gonzo. I shoot a lot of stories. We shoot like different styles of content. So there's not a lot of crossover for her and I. Do you mind but, explaining what gonzo is for the listeners? Oh, gonzo... Gonzo porn is when there's just sex for no reason. It just opens up and there's like a BJ and then some cowgirl and then some doggy style, a few orgasms and it's over. Right. And you don't know who the people are or why they're fucking. You just see fucking. Um, so that's the style that she's really good at. Um, so we don't have a lot of crossover. Like we don't work together very often. Um, yeah. I mean, now that we're like on this dating app and like, you know, we keep boys on the side. <sighs> it's really challenging because I think they're all stupid and I hate, and like, I'm also coming from a Canadian perspective to an American perspective in Canada. People are like, Oh, you're in porn. Oh, that's nifty. Hey. Or they'd be like, that's disgusting. I'm going to church. There was like two options. That was it here. The dudes are like, there's, they're, they're crazy with what they think because the industry here is so different too. Um, they assume that you're going to fuck them right away. And it's going to be like raw wild sex all the time everyone is like, Oh, so how many girls are you going to bring over tonight? And I'm like, I'm not bringing, I'm not providing you with women. What the hell? Um, you know, the reason like I'm hanging out with these guys is because we get to do cool shit together. Most of the time it's because we get to go riding together. That makes me happy. Um, and I was, I just made a video last night for my YouTube where I was like, listen, like sex should not be expected. I, I have grade a sex all day long on camera. What makes you think that your mediocre average man dick is going to be of any use to me? Like Mm -hmm. me having sex with you is a gift. You have to earn the gift. You don't just get it. It's not a freebie. And that blows men's minds that they would have to be worthy of having sex. And I'm just like, it's don't expect it. It's rough. But out of all these men that I've, I've met out here, I can't imagine actually dating any of them because their brains are so closed off compared to how open-minded we are in the industry. Um, and that's why the industry is very incestuous. We all date each other. Um, and we don't care about having, you know, you have your one partner who you always come home to, but we, we often sleep with each other either for our only fans or for fun or for shoots. Um, and jealousy is never an issue. So bringing in somebody who doesn't have that mindset is super challenging. Mm-hmm. It's so challenging because guys are going to say, and women they are going to say, Oh, I'm not going to get jealous, but they do because they don't get it. Mm -hmm. And I guess if we want to sell porn as a fantasy, lifting the veil too much for them to realize that it's a business and that sex is not just something for the man's pleasure is not a story we can push too hard. If we want people to keep paying for the fantasy that we're selling and we kind of have to to dance on a fine line of misogyny and sexism. If we want porn to keep doing well, Mm-hmm. And so you can't necessarily have it all. Uh, the loophole is to date within the industry. I don't, you know, every stripper will tell you that story of the boyfriend who made her quit. You know, everybody wants to, everyone says they want to date a stripper, but they want to fuck a stripper. They don't want to date a stripper. They want to fuck a stripper. 
And at the end of the day, it's, it, you've seen a lot of girls with a lot of broken hearts. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you would date a normal person. I think the, the best thing you could do is just show them that this is business. Um, but even then it's one of those things where if you're not in it, you don't get it. Yeah. No, I can, I, we completely agree. We've talked a lot of things you said, we've echoed ourselves, how, you know, people think they can handle it and then they get jealous. And then, um, the idea of sex also being a business thing and it's not always these emotional, uh, ties to it. People have a hard time to wrap their head around. Um, yeah, it's definitely a hard thing. I think every sex worker experiences, no matter, like I said, what avenue they're in, um, unfortunately. So I think like what you said, like it being ancestral in the sense where a lot of sex workers will fuck with other sex workers because we get it. And like, we understand work is work and our personal times, our personal time. And we can differentiate that in our heads. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of (laughs) sad. Maybe one day. Uh, so we opened it up to listeners to write in questions and we got a shit ton and we don't want to take up your whole, t- your whole time, but, uh, we'll, we'll go through a few of the ones we picked out here. So the first one is how did you come out to your parents as a sex worker and do they support your career choice? Ooh, so I knew my parents were going to be mad when I told them I was a stripper. So I told them that it was my job to go to the Harley Davidson clubhouse and spit shine all the motorcycles while the bikers were drinking. And my dad was like, what the, and I was like, no, I'm just a stripper. Calm down. <laughs> and then he was, he was like, well, what? I'm like, I'm like, I told you that story. So you get mad first at something that wasn't real so that you would calm down and think before getting mad at what was real. And he was like, oh, okay. And then they were totally cool. They were like, all right, cool. As long as you're safe. I took my mom to pole dancing classes with me and was like, you know, yes, these boots look like hooker boots. However, here's what we do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and she met 10 Morris and swung around the pole herself. And, and so when I educated them on like what the job was and how seriously I was taking it, like the merch I was making, the costumes I was doing, then they were like, okay, this is a job. Mm-hmm. And so they were cool with that. When I started shooting porn, I was like, they, they knew that my girlfriend, Mistress T was shooting porn. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do one of her videos, but like, I'm not going to it, but like, I don't have sex though. I'm one of the good ones. And then one day I was like, I, I was trying to get money out of my mom because <laughs> I had like, I don't pay a parking ticket or something. And, and I, my mom was like, well, I guess she just has to work harder then. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? You're not going to bail me out, mommy. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I don't want to have to do porn like Tracy. And she's like, well, we all got to do what we got to do. And I was like, oh. <laughs> mother. I was like, I remember walking down the alley after parking my car and being like, my mom won't give me a free handout that I don't deserve. And so then I like called Tracy and I was like, like, is there any work? Is there anything I can do? Um, And she's like, why don't you open your own clip store? And I was like, oh, okay. And I like started filming and it was just like JOI videos or CEI videos or SPH videos, like just like me and a camera stuff. And then I was like, oh, this is how girls make money damn, maybe porn is not so bad. And then it just got to the point where I was like, I'm missing out by not having sex. So with, with telling them, it was kind of like a, well, I guess I'll have to go shoot porn. And they were like, good luck to you. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Remember to pay us back for the money you owe us too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Plus 4%. Always, they always charge 4%. All those mom loans. But, um, but yeah, they were cool with it. They were like, listen, whatever you're going to do, do it with all your heart, do it properly, make your money and, uh, don't be an idiot. I was like, oh, okay. In that case, I'm going to go be a porn star. Thanks mom. Um, so our next listener questions, uh, is can male fans of yours film with you? And if so, how? So yes and no. Um, when I'm doing porno bootcamp, I look for like raw talent off the internet, like random dudes. Sometimes they're my fans. Sometimes they're just guys who happen to have seen the ad. Um, and then in most cases I end up filming with them. Um, usually I'll do their first video, which is usually just a hand job video. Um, so that I'm not putting, a random man in a scene with one of my amateur girls. Cause they don't deserve that kind of drama. Um, but now that I'm not in BC, uh, that's, that's changed. We do a whole different vetting process now. Um, 
so yeah, there was an opportunity where my fans could have filmed with me. Nowadays, I'm in Los Angeles. Um, the way that I'm shooting is is totally different. It is nearly impossible. I mean, nothing is impossible, but it's nearly impossible at this point. <laughs> And then a similar question someone asked. They said, Mac movies and Mac models. So you're producing porn now. Can How can someone become a Mac model? Uh, you apply. So right now I've got 2,200 applications. Um, there's a lot of people who want to be in porn. I would say 20,000 of them are men. Um, <laughs> so what we're doing right now is we're weeding through all these emails, which is why if you have applied, I haven't answered. Um, we're weeding through all of the emails. We put everybody into the categories and then we start doing interviews. Um, and then based on where you are, and if there's work available, we hook you up with a production company who will do your initial interview, your first scene. And then we put you through porn boot camp, where you learn like what the expectations of a performer are on set before we actually put you on a real set. Um, I think one of the meanest things you can do to somebody is allow them to think that an amateur can do non-amateur porn. Because there's a lot of things, like even yesterday I was doing a remote shoot and I had to tell a girl how to use a douche for the first time. I had to tell a girl how to fuck on her period for the first time. Um, having to tell girls that no, the enema does not go in your mouth. That is not a straw. It does go in your ass. Um, there's lots of things, you know, why you have to show up on time, what you need to bring to set, telling men that they have to wash their dick before they put it in someone. You cannot just take your pants off after riding your motorcycle to set. You need to go wash your dingling before you put it in someone's mouth. Like, it blows my mind that normal people don't know these things. Like, there's so many men that were like, well, I'd never use a baby wipe. I'm not a baby. And I was like, listen, you want put my mouth on your dick, you're going to use a baby wipe. And a lot more. <laughs> um, teaching men about uh, foreskin and phimosis. And I've met many men who grew up usually religiously and didn't pull back their foreskin. And now it's so tight and callous that the act of fucking creates fissures in the skin because their foreskin can't retract. I'm now educating 20, 30 and 40 year old men on this being like, yo, you need to either get some sort of silicone or steroid cream in there to like stretch that skin out and work on this. Or you need to get surgery and have like an adult circumcision because if you're trying to fuck and you want to be in porn and her pussy is pulling on that skin and it can't retract and it tears you open, you're now, you have a sore that is bleeding while you're fucking and that is not okay. Um, so through porn boot camp, I've learned that the general population does not know how to have adequate sex. Little do they know how to have porn sex. So I forgot the question and have gone on a rant now <laughs> thinking about foreskin. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, how do they become a Mac model, which you answered they have to apply. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of steps before you can be in Mac movies. Okay, and we have a next one as well that says, uh, how do porn stars keep healthy and safe? STIs, condoms, checkups, all that stuff. So some sets will let you use condoms. Some won't. Uh, you always know when you get hired for them, like what the expectation is. Um, if you're somebody who has to use a condom for every scene, then you're limiting how many scenes you can actually get hired for. And that's your choice. Um, we get STI testing done every 14 days. Right now we're getting COVID testing done either every 72 hours or within 24 hours of every shoot that we're on. Um, a full STI panel out here cost me $250 Canadian every two weeks. So I pay $500 a month just to make sure that I don't have STIs in Vancouver. It is free, mm -hmm. but you have to book your test in advance, do your testing and then come up and pick up your results. Whereas here it's a 24 hour turnaround process and it all gets sent to my app that I can share with all the performers I work with. So for free, it takes up a little bit more of your time or here I pay $500 a month to have it sent directly to my phone. And so every time a performer in Vancouver is like, Oh, I'm shooting with my, for my only fans. I'm shooting with this new guy. I'm like, do you guys get tested? No, I trust him. I'm like, don't <sighs> your testing's free. Like you have no excuse. You have no excuse to not go and get tested. Um, I worked directly with the CDC in Vancouver to ensure that testing occupational STI testing was available for all Mac models. Um, it was months and months and months of paperwork and meetings to make sure that this was, something that could be available no matter what come hell or high water or COVID to keep the sex workers safe in Vancouver. Cause that was really important to me. And so for people to not use it is mind blowing. 
it's just mind blowing that people are just having unprotected sex, throwing it on their OnlyFans, and they're untested. And they and people don't know. Adults don't know that syphilis uh, can be passed from person to person through rough skin on skin contact. You don't actually have to have intercourse to spread syphilis. There are giant bus ads that taught me this because it's very prevalent in the, the, the men community, the male community, the gay community. Um, also wrestlers have to get tested for it. MMA fighters have to get tested because of rough skin on skin contact, not because they're having sex secretly. I mean, they might be, but, (laughs) but nobody knows these things that you can get STIs in other ways. It's not always sex that transmits it. Um, we are very uneducated because our sex ed system in school is very weak and poor. Um, porn stars probably know a lot more than your sex ed teacher did. And we shouldn't be afraid of our own bodies, but we have still been taught that there is shame. And unless something feels horribly wrong, you think your dick is going to fall off. You don't bring it to the doctor because that's embarrassing. We need to get over that. So adult performers every two weeks, we're getting completely checked out. And I would, uh, I sent, I sent two porn stars to my parents' house to go pick up some props for a shoot the other day. And my dad was like, I don't know if I want them here. It's COVID. And you know, they're not in our circle. And then my mom was like, Oh no, but they're picking up props for Sam. It's for a porn shoot. And he goes, Oh, they're from porn. Oh, they get tested all the time. It's fine then. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, yeah, porn stars are the safest, cleanest people you're ever going to meet. That's what something we say all the time. It's one of the biggest misconceptions that drive, drives me crazy is that like sex workers are dirty. It's like, first off, like, I never do bareback blowjobs. And if I say that to a square about using a condom for a blowjob, they're like, people use condoms for blowjobs? It's like, of course. Yeah, I don't (laughs) want, like, any diseases in my mouth and my throat, which you can get. And they're like, you can't get that. I'm like, Google. Google it shit. Like, Google that shit. Like, it's not rocket science. Yeah, like, it's just just not – it's so common sense to women in our industry and, and men in our industry. And I think it's so ironic that people are like, oh, sex workers are dirty, but I've never heard of a, of, of a condom for a blowjob. And I don't, I, I don't have, my favorite is, well, I don't get tested for STIs. Why not? Well, I just don't have one. How do you know? Oh, because like I have no symptoms. Uh, yeah, most of shit is asymptomatic. So like, who's really dirty here? <laughs> but- I've had a lot of applicants come through Mac Models and then we send them for testing And it turns out they can't do their first shoot because they actually had something all along Mm -hmm. and they had no symptoms. They didn't know. And then, I mean, like we no shame, like Mm -mm. go take your medicine, get tested in two weeks. When you test negative twice, you can come back and try again. No shame. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're, if you're going to play the game of unprotected sex, somebody's going to get something at some point. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no problem with that. Take your medication, be good to your body, but know your status and not knowing your status and playing ignorant is, is not appropriate. Mm-hmm. It's not professional. It's not okay. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Uh, the next question was, I guess, someone who knows. I assume this makes sense because of shreds. They asked, would you be interested in having a WWE career on Raw or SmackDown? <laughs> <laughs> so that question makes sense oh to goodness. me now. <laughs> Everyone wants me to wrestle. Um, I am not at all interested in wrestling as a career. I was very involved when Shreds was a wrestler. Um, I was a valet a bunch of times. I have been in the ring many, many times. Um, I know how to run the ropes, but uh, WWE, I shouldn't say WWE, wrestling as an entertainment industry uh, has failed on such a large platform strippers know how to run a better show than wrestling does unfortunately and you can see that in ticket sales and merch sales and advertising they just don't quite get their head around how to make it um there was a burlesque wrestling show in vancouver Uh, i forget what it was called but the burlesque company took over one of the wrestling companies was like we're going to mix wrestling and burlesque dancers and then they advertised it and marketed it as a burlesque show and that place was sold out. There was celebrity appearances. They made so much money. They sold merch. Like it was such a big deal. And I was like, that's how you do wrestling properly. That's how this is done. Um, but besides them, I have not seen a lot of indie promotions that can actually like call themselves an entertainment company. Um, there's a lot of politics in wrestling and people get hurt for real a lot and on purpose a lot. 
there was some shit going on with ECCW that I did not think was very ethical. And when I opened my mouth about it, the wrestlers basically told me, they told shreds, uh, you know, get your woman under control or you're going to get her receipt in the ring. And they would purposely actually hurt him in the ring. They would not, they would not throw their, they would not hold their punches. They, they would make sure he got real beat up because I said that they shouldn't do this, that or the other. Or, and it was, it's to the point where I stopped going to his wrestling shows because if he still wanted to wrestle, I didn't want him to get hurt. So I turned a blind eye to it. So wrestling, um, it's fun. Like I still go to like training and stuff because it's a blast. And like, I like, there's a lot of wrestlers that I really, really like. Um, but wrestling as a form of entertainment, I think the industry took a very greedy, selfish turn and it hurts a lot of people. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You know, <laughs> it's safer. Um, so the next listener question is: Have you ever had a really embarrassing moment while shooting? Oh God, yeah, of course I have. Um, uh, I mean, okay, so this wasn't my embarrassing moment, but I was there for it. Um, <laughs> Secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> I was filming with a fellow in Vegas, and he was sitting on the edge of the bed, I was sucking his dick, and he scooched backwards, and he left a skid mark on the blanket. <laughs> but we were already so far into the film that I didn't want to lose it, so I like... <laughs> I, I was like, oh, baby, why don't you fuck me? Because I wanted his ass like as far away from me as possible. So I laid on my back and I draped my hair over the skid mark to hide it so he could do me missionary style and we wouldn't notice and it wouldn't wreck the movie. What a real professional and, you I are. Know. And then I had to go wash the shit out of my hair afterwards. Literally the shit um, out of your hair. <laughs> what else happened? We've had lots of crazy things happen on set. Um, that is so funny. Uh, I think that's the one that like always sticks out. Like, I yeah. think it sticks out because, like, I was, like, such a professional about it. I was like, oh, you shit the bed. Okay, no problem. <laughs> and hide this and continue fucking for you. Um, Did he know after? Like, was he made aware of his skid mark? Was he made aware? I think he, I think he knew it was there, but, like, nobody knew what to say. Like, it was like, <laughs> mm, let's just, I'll be quiet. Like, it was really awkward. I wasn't going to be like, oh, you pooped on my bed, sir. Um, but um, that comes down to expectations, too. He was a new performer. He was from Vegas. I assumed that he had a little more experience than he did. And I shouldn't have assumed and never assumed that a man knows to wipe his ass before a scene. Like <sighs> amateurs, man. <laughs> amateurs. Like I shower, I shave, I wax, I bleach, I pluck, I wipe, I douche, I hose out, I scrub. I do everything from the top to the bottom before every scene. And he couldn't well, baby wipe his asshole. Men really guys, do the least. Guys don't get it. Ugh. Um, okay, well, on the opposite end, what has been your favorite scene to shoot and why? Oh. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know how to answer this without sounding like a lovesick puppy dog, but, like, all of my scenes with Derek Pierce are the best. he's amazing he gets me he makes me look beautiful he puts me in like a mental state where I can perform better than I ever have before and our scenes are phenomenal like they make so much money they get so many hits I get so many requests for them anything he and I touch is gold and so anytime I'm allowed to pick my which performer I want to work with I always ask for him first that's quite testament to him yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, actually, this um, brings us to our next question. Are there certain porn actors or actresses that you won't shoot with and why? So you have your favorite. <laughs> Who are your least favorite? Spill the tea. <laughs> <laughs> Shit on them. <laughs> Skidmark's one of them, I assume. <laughs> Skidmark is one of them uh, because he pooped on my bed. If you pooped on my bed, I won't have sex with you. <laughs> That's a good, like, that's just, good standard. That's just a well-rounded rule. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a performer out here that I refuse to work with because um, I was having computer issues because I'm working off, like, a, a 2012 laptop. Like, it's a little slow. And I was having tr- trouble 
I gave him the, the scene. We were trade, trading for content. I gave him the scene, and it sat in his Dropbox for so, for so long that it had expired. And then he wanted it again. And I was like, fuck, like, I got to figure out which hard drive it's on. I don't know where it is. And so he gave me this big, long message about like how unprofessional I was and how sketchy I was. And I was like, I'm, I filmed it. I edited it. I provided the location. I put the video together. I gave it to you. You're the one that didn't pick it up. I'm giving it to you a second time. You just got to hold on. And now I'm the sketchy, unprofessional one here. And I was like, I, I can't ever work with you again. Sorry, bro. And he also showed up to set with a lump on his dick oh. and he tasted like a chimney cause he wouldn't stop smoking while we were shooting. Uh. And he's, and he's like fucking nominated right now. Like lump on dick. Porn I, and I will, I just will not work with him. And people are like, Oh yeah. So, and so, so good. I'm like, why are you retweeting his shit? He's awful. Yeah. But I hold a grudge, I, but I'm mostly holding a grudge, not because he showed up with a janky dick or he tasted like a chimney. Like those are just like two big things that made the scene bad. But because he called me like shady and unprofessional, I was like, oh, well, you're off my list. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Hey, next lister question. How do you come on command? As a girl or guy? <laughs> I think this was a girl that wrote in. Um, for me, orgasms are really mental. Like if I want to have one, I will. Um, I also have a really big clit, so it's really easy for me to come multiple times with very little stimulation. The amount of, uh, like, if you're into your partner, you guys can communicate and, like, build up orgasms with, like, a physical and emotional connection. But for men, um, it's training. I literally tell them to jerk off with a timer. When the timer goes off, they have to ejaculate. They cannot ejaculate before they hear that timer or they fail. And we make them for before they can do their first scene, they have to be able to get hard, stay hard um, for eight minutes. And then at the eight minute mark, they have to tell their body it's time to ejaculate. And the closer they can ejaculate after that eight minute mark, the better they do. If two minutes has gone by or the 10 minute mark now, you failed. Go home, try again. Go home with your blue balls. We don't want you. (laughs) Um, And I have hundreds of videos like this where we physically do this to men. Where like we'll have girls jerking guys off, and we'll have like dueling blowjobs, and we're like, okay, the buzzer went off. It's eight minutes. Who's gonna come first? And the guy who comes first wins, and the guy who doesn't come uh, goes home with blue balls. <laughs> and it's just such a required skill for porn. As a male performer, you have to be able to withhold your cum shot until it's asked for. And sometimes you're on set for forty minutes. Sometimes you're on set for fourteen hours. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your dick is up and down. It's left. It's right. It's you know. You're changing sets. You're changing costumes. It's really hard on a dude. Um, having dick control is what separates the pros from the amateurs. Mm-hmm. So when we tell guys they've got to be able to control their orgasms and their erections, they're like, what? But if the girl's not good, then then how am I supposed to come on time? And I'm like, you have to control your performance the same way I have to control my performance. I can't lie there and be like, oh, you're not really hitting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't really doing it for me. No, I have to be on a kitchen table with one leg in the air, not hitting the chandelier, hanging, hanging onto the edge of a chair that's creaking the whole time and going, this is the best sex I've ever had. Oh my God. You fucking fuck so amazing. <laughs> when I don't fucking feel anything <laughs> because it's about creating the story. Um, and I mean, I'm lucky because I can like work myself up. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even need a dick to have an orgasm. Like I can just get myself there mentally and just be like, Oh my God, it's so fucking hot. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but that took years and years of practice to get there. You know, mm-hmm. being a bit of an info kind of helped, but it takes years and years of practice. Um, a lot of girls too, like, will make sex sounds because it turns them on. Oh, hundred percent. Not because you're not because you're creating those sounds, but because you like the way you sound making those sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's practice. If this is what you want to be your art form, you gotta work at it. Mm-hmm. All right, next one. My boyfriend constantly asks me to squirt. How can I make myself do it? And can all women squirt? Fuck if I know. <laughs> I've been trying to squirt for so long. I, I don't even know anymore. Like I know like in porn 99% of the time it is just pee. Sorry guys. Um, girls will drink leave of water. Like it's, there's a whole operation behind it, but like I can't. And the only time that I convinced a guy that I squirt is when I very knowingly peed on his face. So, and he was like, Oh baby, you squirt on me. You gushed, you gushed so much. And I'm like, no, I pissed on you. That's why I have no idea what if squirting 
is real or fake or anything. I've been around squirting scenes. I think it's phenomenal. It looks like it would feel really good. I cannot for life me figure it out. Yeah. I think that's good for women to hear though, because a lot of people will be like, oh, like the clients, like even when I'm like doing a dance, I'm like, can you squirt? Can you squirt? Like, can you squirt on command? Can you do it? Like all girls squirt, right? And I'm like, hey, first off, like, no, and no, not all women do. And like you yelling in a woman's face to squirt is probably not how it's going to happen. So <laughs> I'm probably too uptight and too much of a control freak to actually squirt. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I want to. <sighs> But I also, like, I want to, and I want to do it really good, and I just can't, like, relax. (laughs) Yeah. I had a friend who, when she was drunk, uh, accidentally kind of peed uh, on her boyfriend, and obviously he thought that she squirted, and it was so hot and amazing, and now he wants her to do it again, and she's like, (laughs) Drink a lot of water. (laughs) That's so funny. So the next question. I'd be so embarrassed because, like, I I eat like meal prep all the time, and like, there's so much asparagus and like Brussels sprouts in my diet. Like, if I pee on you, you're gonna fucking know. (laughs) Like, I'd be so mortified. Be potent. (laughs) I worked out great for her, but I maybe wouldn't try that at home. (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, Next question: How about women getting into porn in their later years? Um, Advice for them. So, in stripping most sex work industry, uh, 30, you're like ancient, but you know, by 30. So, um, I'm nearing 30 and I feel all 30 years (laughs) and I'm fully reminded every time I see a new 19 year old baby stripper that I am getting old. Um, so yeah, advice for women wanting to get into porn in their thirties. Oh my gosh. Well, that's me. Um, I mean, I'm 37 now. Um, I'm at the point where like, I'm almost like, I was so afraid to say that I was 36. I was so afraid to say I was 37. Like once you hit like 35, like every age after that was just like, oh man, I'm in my late thirties. What the fuck? But now I'm like, oh, I'm almost 40. Like I have no problem saying it because MILFs are so hot right now. It's actually a really good time to be in your thirties in porn. Um, but I always tell people like, I'm, I'm just living the underdog story. Like I'm from Canada. I don't have daddy issues. I'm not blonde. Um, I have tattoos, which is very frowned upon. Um, I actually enjoy my job. Like I'm all the things that a typical porn star shouldn't be. I'm not an alcoholic. I don't do drugs. I'm not massively depressed. I don't need therapy. And I know of like, (laughs) why, why am I important? What makes me think I'm going to succeed? Like I am everything the porn industry stereotypically doesn't want you to be. Um, besides boobs, I got boobs. (laughs) You know, I can put a dick really far down my throat. That's about it. But it is at the end of the day, if you are in charge of your own content, you're building your own fan base, you are selling you. You you don't have to fit that cookie cutter image. Now, if you want to get into porn and you want to work for Brazzers or Reality Kings or whoever, then you have to fit the image of what they sell. They sell a certain brand. And if you fit into that, then you can work for them. If you don't, then you can't. Like I couldn't shoot for you know, barely legal.com. Cause I am far from being barely legal. I am very legal. They don't have a very legal.com that doesn't sell. Um, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't shoot for a trans sex, uh, trans website because I do not have a penis contrary to popular belief on Instagram. I'm not actually a lady boy. So, you know, the, sometimes you have to be, keep a reality check on on what you want, you know, do you want to be in porn, AKA, do you want to have your own OnlyFans and be successful there? That's very different from wanting to be somebody who's featured on browsers. So two totally different types of porn. All right. So the next one is, uh, how is, how are your porn stars paid lump sum or pay-per-view? Ooh. Okay. So if I'm contracting somebody for work and I'm working as their agent, um, like through Mac models, then you get paid for your shoot. That is it. All the photos and video and stuff that is taken on that day is owned by the production company. You do not get those photos. You don't get to put them on your Instagram. None of that. You are now owned by that company. Um, And everything you saw that day is theirs, not yours. You get one paycheck to keep your mouth shut and go home. Um, And some girls love that because it's one fat paycheck. Um, And I keep my girls on a sliding scale. So you start off here. And if you do three scenes where you show up on time, you're super prepared and the scene went really well then you're, you get a pay raise and a pay raise and a pay raise. And I keep raising girls every few scenes until they're at LA standard rates. Um, I used to start girls at the same rates, uh, that we do here in LA, 
but then they would show up drunk and they'd be like, well, I got, you know, I got a thousand dollars a scene and I was drunk last time. I didn't have to bring any wardrobe and somebody else did my makeup. And I'm like, yeah. And that was a waste of our money. Cause you didn't act like a thousand dollar girl. Sorry. So now we start everybody on, on a low scale and when they have to work their way up, they have to earn it because it encourages good behavior. Um, and it instills professionalism within our performers. So the other option we have too, is you can work with Mac movies and you can do trade for content where we will provide location, shoot, edit, promote, market your video. You get a copy. We get a copy. We advertise the fact that you're selling your copy. We never try to like split sales and be like, oh no, only buy it from us. We have a big fan base. They're going to buy it from us regardless. Um, so we promote our models. We promote their OnlyFans or their ManyVids or I Want Clips or their Clips for Sale store or whatever they have. Um, and then you get 100% of whatever your sales are. So if you want to sell the same video over and over again for 12 years, then you can go ahead and do that and we will 100% support you. Um, and that's usually what I prefer to do because as you know, by having your own OnlyFans, that making your own money feels good when you can cash out every couple of days and you're like, oh, I'm still making money off that blowjob I did five years ago. It feels good. It doesn't feel as fun to just get one paycheck and then have nothing to do with that movie ever again. Companies can release that movie and not even mention your name in it. You know, I've done so many films that I'm so proud of that I definitely want to see. And the only way I can see them is buy my own movie by getting a membership to that website. And it's kind of heartbreaking. You're like, Oh, I made a thousand bucks, but I don't get any of the fame from it. I don't get any of the notoriety from it. They called me Susan in the video. No one knows it's me. So I think it's always, it's always better to be in control of your content. Mm -hmm. The next question here. Um, what are some other jobs and responsibilities aside from the actual shooting that is required to maintain a successful career in porn? you need to know the rules and regulations. Uh, so there are laws that we actually have to follow. Like you cannot have anyone under the age of 18 in any pornographic movie whatsoever. So no, you cannot push a baby carriage. That is not okay. Um, you can't have animals in porn whatsoever. That means you cannot have a fish tank on this bedside table. That is unacceptable. That's considered bestiality. Even if you're not acknowledging the fish or talking to the fish, or even if you forgot the fish was there, it is still putting an animal in pornography and it is not okay. Um, in Canada, we can't have any weapons of any kind in porn. You cannot shoot a spy movie and pull out a fake gun to tell the story. That is not okay. Um, we are not allowed to use weapons of any kind. You want to be a lumberjack in the woods and do something sexy? You cannot have an ax. Um, you got to get real creative. Um, the rules are different from country to country. Um, for a long time, we, their fisting was not allowed in porn. It is again now. That just changed recently. Um, if somebody is bound, you cannot penetrate them. You can use a hibachi on them. What's that what's it called? Hibachi? Yeah. Wait, is that the barbecue? Yeah, the, like the one that's in the, in the, <laughs> the one. Yeah, the, it looks like a microphone. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so you can use a vibrator on them. That's totally fine. But you cannot insert anything into them. Now, the way that people were getting around that is they would do movie tricks. So they would shoot the wide angle and then they would have to, like, release you, shoot a close angle of the penetration. Right. Um and these, sometimes the rules make sense. Sometimes they don't make sense. Me personally, if I'm tied up, yeah, penetrate me. It's fucking awesome. But you got to follow the rules and regulations or the credit card company that is authorizing your payments will ban you from getting paid. Ban you and your social insurance number, or your social security number. So you can never get paid again. So it's not something you want to fuck up. So if your OnlyFans gets busted because you constantly got your cat sleeping on the bed while you're fucking... <sighs> and you get dinged for bestiality, you can never open up a, another pay site through a payment processor. You are blacklisted. Good luck making money on the internet because it will never happen again. Crazy. It's crazy. And I've had friends in this situation where they've had dozens and dozens of videos taken down. They've had to pay fines in order to keep being able to use a payment processor. Because at the end of the day, Visa and MasterCard control everything. They're the ones who say whether or not we can make money. That's who we have to please. That's who we serve. Okay. And I think a lot of people starting on porn don't realize that there's there's a whole other business side to, to porn. It's not just showing your tits. It's not just taking a selfie and putting it on OnlyFans. There's paperwork that you have to do, 2257s, consent forms. Like There's so much that has to take place before you ever pull your vagina out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that's – I mean, I've never heard of any of that. I'm uh, yeah surprised that there's so many little – quirks and rules and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. There's obviously going to be regulations, right, to keep the money in a certain area. Right, for sure. Well, that brings us to another another question here where you just said is that it's not just what you think it is. It's not just showing your tits. So the question is, what are some of the biggest misconceptions you can think of about the porn industry? I mean, you have your classic ones. Like we're all crackheads, obviously. Uh, daddy issues. Um, I mean, we've touched on a lot of them. People think that we're dirty, that we have STIs. And even now, like talking to regular men on, on dating apps, they're just like, well, when was the last time you were tested? And they're worried about me. And I'm like, um, I should be the one asking you right now. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the biggest misconceptions, I think, outside of the obvious stereotypes, is that we're all making a million dollars. We're not. That Those days are long, 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 long gone. Um, people have to work really, 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 really hard to be very successful in porn. You don't just fall into this career. I mean, some people fall into the beginning of it. They get a good good agent. They get a good manager. It tells them how to smile, when to send photos, and where to post them. And a team of people will post for them. And you can, you can build somebody's career that way by just making them a puppet. But as soon as the puppet master is gone, that girl's just left with no skills. She doesn't know how to open her own sites. She doesn't know how to own her own content. Other companies own her and she just got the paycheck. So it's good while it lasted kind of thing. Um, a lot of people come to porn boot camp and are like, well, I want like $3,000 for my first scene. And I'm like, okay, good luck. That's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to give $3,000 to somebody, it's going to be a pro. Like I'll pay Manuel Ferreira $3,000 for two scenes, but it's never going to be some guy from a bus stop in Chilliwack. It's never going to happen. <laughs> It's always um, the ones that But people think that we've got all this money to hand out. I just had a guy call me from Maple Ridge who was like, oh, this guy said that you contracted him for $10,000 a scene. And I was like, $10,000 a scene? If I'm giving out a $10,000 paycheck, it is not to some guy in a car garage in Maple Ridge. Some Trust Kyle. me. <laughs> I'm going to be – I'm paying for a giant gangbang with all my favorite pros. Yeah. Like – no, 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 no. That is not a good, that's not how you spend $10,000. Sorry. That does not happen. Um, but people have this idea that porn stars are millionaires. They don't realize that there's a lot of people who are living paycheck to paycheck and, and the disillusionment that you're going to get rich quick is, is crazy. Um, you can also only shoot for companies so many times before they're bored of you. They need a new girl all the time. Men have longer careers than women because they always want fresh faces. They always want the new girl. You know, very rarely do you want to see the same chick over and over and over again. It's very hard to be one of those women. So I can shoot for all the companies once, and then I got to wait a year before they'll even look at me again. So, yeah, I made a bunch of money once, and then what do I do for the rest of the year? So that's why it's important to be in control of your own content. I keep preaching that over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the biggest misconception is how much money we make. We don't. I mean – don't get me wrong. Like people who work hard do make great money, but it is not just handed to you freely. Those are the people who are shooting in freezing cold pools or they're on a rock in hundred degree temperature wearing chain mail. Like you earn your keep here in this industry. Um, very few times am I actually offered a bed to fucking sometimes they're like, Oh, here's a hundred year old chair in this mansion that smells like cat piss. We want you to sit on that chair and both of you are going to fuck. And I'm like, I'm like, we are both big people and you want us on a hundred year old chair. This is going to go well. You know, like my last scene, I was, I was fucking on a tattoo chair. Um, I fucked on a dining room table. I hit my head on the chandelier. Uh, we fucked on an antique chair, like a, like a normal chair, like no arms, nothing, just a chair. Um, like I'm, we're not given comfortable places to fuck. I got given a white couch once. That was nice. <laughs> like, that was a good day. We broke the couch. Um, <laughs> I say Maxwell, I definitely broke the couch. <laughs> but yeah, very rarely are you given like a bedroom set to fuck in. That's that's a fantasy and a half. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next one is how has COVID impacted the porn industry? I mean, it shut us down for a while. Mm. We were absolutely shut down. Uh, you couldn't film. If anyone was caught filming, they were blacklisted. And people were, like, spreading around names left, right, and center. They're like, oh, did you know that so-and-so was filming? And then oh, I'm scratching her off my list. She's not safe to work with anymore. Like, it was tragic for some people. Um, 
now we have COVID testing included in our STI testing and we can get COVID tested. We do get to COVID tested 24 hours before every shoot or every three days. Um, it's easy and available here in California. It is not easy and available in Canada. They charge $300 per COVID test, which is frightening. <laughs> um, so we are still operational uh, right now in Los Angeles. We're under curfew. So we have to be done by nine o'clock packed up and home by 10 o'clock. Wow. And you have to be in your house from 10 PM at night until five in the morning, no matter what. So that is a little tricky because sometimes our shoots go late. Sometimes a 10 hour shoot turns into a 14 hour shoot. It happens. Sometimes you got, you got to wait for a boner sometimes, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's tricky. But um, right now we're under curfew and we have heavy COVID testing. We have major protocol on set. Um, everyone gets a thermometer test done before you can enter the location. Um, and you have to show your COVID test. Once you've done your temperature and shown your test, then you can remove your mask. Anyone behind the camera still has to wear their mask. Um, I, there's a lot of remote directing happening. A lot of my shoots have been with directors on iPhones watching the monitor through a computer screen. Um, telling us what to do from a different state, a different country. So we're finding as many workarounds as we can. Thankfully, technology is advanced enough that we can work with people in other countries and other states and other cities. And the next question is kind of out of left field. I assume it's someone who is a fan of yours and watches your stuff because the question was, what kind of extensions do you use? I guess she oh. loves your hair and wants to know what she what you're what you're using. Um, I get all I still get all of my hair extensions from a Bantu. I don't know what kind they are, but if you called a Bantu right now or like I want what Samantha Mac has, they have me on record. Amazing. And you can like see what hair, what colors I've had at what times. Um, because I'm always really bad and I'm like, Hey, I want that hair from this movie. Which one was it? And they'll tell me what I ordered. That's awesome. Um I have I ship their hair here to California. Amazing. And um, do you have a weave yeah. or do you do... I have a weave. So I've, weave. Got, I've got six rows in here right now that That's clearly great. need to be tightened. Um, but yeah, their hair is absolutely amazing. Um, if you're in Vancouver, go to Topaz. She's the best at doing a weave. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2010, I was so, so, so stressed out. I had alopecia. My hair was falling out. And so she did a weave to hide the bald patches in the back. And I've had a weave ever since. I've had a weave for 10 years now. Oh, my God. And all the hair has grown back. I shaved a mohawk for a while. All of that's grown back. I, but I've always had a weave. Like, even my mohawk was a weave. Um, and I just can't imagine not having it now. Like, my hair underneath is so thick and luxurious. If I ever had to take my weave out, I know that my hair is healthy and wonderful. And I don't ever have to worry about being bald again because Topaz saved me. <laughs> oh, she's awesome. Plus, she has great bikinis, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so right before we let you go, um, each interview I ask three questions. And yeah. um, we can do kind of rapid fire since we, we're pushing like over two and a half hours now. <laughs> <laughs> so the first question is, what is one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done but want to do? Uh, double penetration on camera. Oh, you've never with done real, it. with real dicks. I've done it with dildos, but okay, like actual men. Yeah, done. All right. Number two, one thing you've tried sexually that you probably wouldn't do again. Rusty trombone. Can you explain for the listeners, please? What that is? <laughs> it's where you lick a guy's ass and jerk him off at the same time. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> it's in the end of. Uh, one of my Burning Angel movies that they like popped it on me at the last second. They're like, can you look his ass and jerk him off on your tits? And I was like, yeah, whatever you want. And I was like, this is not my favorite thing to do. <laughs> You're like, I will probably not do this again. And the yeah. last question. Looks good. <laughs> that's all that matters. And the last question here. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Um, fearless. Like, like, I think a lot of our problems in the world right now are based on the fact that we are afraid, afraid of looking foolish or afraid that people don't like us or afraid that we're not good enough. And a lot of people are missing out on really great lives and really great opportunities because we're afraid. And if we feared less, I think we would all be a lot happier and a lot more successful. Mm -hmm. I love that. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) So Samantha, where can people find you? 
I'm all over the internet. I'm at macmovies.ca.com. Um, I am at the Samantha Mac on almost everything, unless I've already been kicked off once, then I'm at the Samantha Mac underscore. And I'm on YouTube at the real Samantha Mac. Cause I was kicked off twice. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And Riley, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Van City Riley. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at five zero plus a tip or email me at five zero plus a tip at gmail.com and sign the DMs, um, email with questions, comments, remarks, uh, love getting them. All right, Samantha, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful weekend and happy hoeing. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And before you guys run away, make sure to check out our amazing sponsors. We have Miss Envy Botanicals, and they're dedicated to producing 100% organic medicinal cannabis products available at upscale dispensaries nationwide. They have a wide variety of products ranging from topical skincare, culinary additives, and cannabis oil, as well as Phoenix tears. All of their creations are produced with only the best organic non-GMO ingredients and infused with love. Use code DANNY10 for 10% off. Truly Lifestyle Brand is an all-natural and cruelty-free skincare company that allows your skin to become its best self. They just launched two new amazing products, a facial scrub and a powder exfoliant. So go check those out right now. Use code TRULYPLUSATIP for 10% off your first online order. Temptations Avenue Laundry is a Canadian-owned laundry brand with a variety of styles ranging from sexy and wild to demure and sweet. Check them out on Instagram at Temptations Avenue and use our discount code TIP25 to get 25% off. That's TIP25, T-I-P-2-5 for 25% off your entire order. And lastly, for hair and skincare products that work absolute wonders, follow my girl on Instagram at tiffany.valentina.bella. Message her Danny Hair to get your personal hair and skin consult and save up to 40% off on her amazing products. Have a wonderful week and happy hoeing! Mm-hmm.